I can't really give my guest today two thumbs up uh, because she gets three pluses, uh, 3,000 plus transactions, 1,000 plus coaching clients, plus over 15 years of real estate experience as an investor, realtor, coach, trainer, speaker, and marketing expert. And my guest today, Amy Ranstall, is talking about what you can do to increase the success of your business, increase your revenues by leveraging virtual assistants. Uh, I made that decision about a year or so ago. Uh, I've had virtual assistants on and off in my business for a number of years, but I never made the commitment to hiring a full-time VA. And once I did that, uh, it totally transformed my business. And in the last 12 months, my business has completely changed. It's grown. Um, I'm having more success. Uh, I'm having more freedom. And, you know, as real estate investors, real estate agents, you know, the reason that you're in the real estate business is for freedom to some extent. But are you really free if you're still doing everything yourself? I think you're going to find this really insightful, uh, this episode. Enjoy. You're listening to the REI Branded Podcast, helping you build your real estate personal brand. If you want to stand out from the crowd, attract the right leads, right partners, and right clients every time, you're in the right place. My name is Paul Copcutter, and each week we'll be looking to decode and uncover what makes you, the real estate business owner, brandtastic. Each episode is intended to be valuable, cut to the chase, and actionable, so you can spend less time marketing your business and still get the results you want. Thank you for listening. Now let's get to work on making you brandtastic. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the REI Branded Podcast. Uh, 3,000 plus transactions, 1,000 plus coaching clients and over 15 years of real estate experience means my guest today, Amy Ransdell, might have an idea or two about what it takes to be successful in real estate. Uh, but she also knows that it doesn't have to be all done by yourself. In fact, I'm guessing she would coach you not to do it all by yourself. Uh, Amy is an execution, transformation, and peak performance coach, active real estate investor, real estate investment mentor, real estate agent trainer, investment strategist, licensed real estate broker, broker owner, sales trainer, national speaker. And she's also the marketing lead for a number of companies, including the chief marketing officer of Reva Global, the premier provider of pre-trained, dedicated real estate virtual assistants. Having empowered over a 1,000 coaching clients over 18 years and built multiple real estate performance programs while balancing life and a family as a mother of three, I don't know how she fits all this in. <laughs> Amy understands how important it is to give yourself the tactical and mindset resources you need to enjoy life while crafting a career, building a business, and maximizing your income. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much. I, I'm really honored to be here. I love this. I love the topics you cover and your audience. So I um, hope I can be, be of value today. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Um, so why, why real estate initially? Um, you know, how did you get involved? What, what appealed to you about it? Oh, my goodness. I always love when I get asked that question because I'm so transparent and people will laugh. <laughs> I, I fell into real estate. It was, I'm an accidental real estate investor. Um, I, and I, I'm not even accidental because I owned a property and became a landlord by app and stance and then went in long into real estate. I actually dated a gentleman who was out there taking, you know, courses and programs and running around all these gurus and, you know, events and so forth. And 
he'd come back after spending thousands of dollars with these huge binders and cassette tapes and all this stuff. And he wasn't doing anything with it. Like he wasn't really in a concerted and, and a way. And I'm kind of type A OC. And it would drive me nuts that he was spending all this money and he wasn't doing anything with it. <laughs> so I just started cracking the binders. And because I love relationships and I'm curious, it's one of my core values. I started reaching out directly to the people that were doing these programs and just skipping around the process, just going straight to the horse's mouth and really fell in love with, with real estate. Um, it was such, just such an amazing end of a, amazing niche that you can be in that can support so many other passions you have. And so uh, it, it just, it took me by and I did it. And he, I don't think he even does real estate anymore, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> and that, that is something that happens a lot, isn't it? it we all go to those conferences and we, we spend money on those trainings, but if yeah. you're not taking the action, if you're not doing something with it, uh, it's, it's completely worthless. Absolutely. And that happens a lot. You know, and some in our industry, they're actually prepared for that percentage. And being that I'm also in that industry as well, right? It is, it's, it's a wild percentage, the number of people who actually don't really take action on it. Um, it's really one of our goals is to always kind of be industry disruptors that more people actually utilize what we teach them. Um, like, so we have heavier screening process, but yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, hey, I'm I don't regret any of it. I fell into it and never never looked back. So <laughs> very grateful. <laughs> and did you start in investing or was it the real yeah. estate agent side or I did. So I started with my investor hat on first. And I'm actually really glad that I did. I believe that the ways that we learn to build business and the innovative ways that we uh, generate leads and market to people and all the things we we learn from an analysis perspective and a business building perspective as investors are, are, are amazing skills that are simply not taught to agents, right? I, I see it all the time. Um, it's just it's just not the same. It's a very business hat building thing on the investment side. And oftentimes people go into the agency side and they don't think that. They don't come at it from that direction. So I'm really excited I started in that end. And then about 2008, so from 01 to 08, I was just investing, um, utilizing other people uh, and the leveraging their license as needed. Um, in 2008, it made sense for me to go ahead and get my license. We could add that as an additional revenue stream, access to all of the advantages of having that license. And then that led to the entrepreneurial side of me building out different iterations of teams and broker structures and so forth. And um, never looked back on that end either. In fact, I believe at this point, every investor should get a license. So now I'm, a, I'm one of those people that's like, if you're in, in real estate, you should have a license as an investor. Why, why do you believe that? What's the thinking behind it? All the advantages of the license, right? Um, not only do you have access to so many resources utilized through that license, but from a credibility perspective nowadays, to be able to um, present that to sellers, motivated sellers especially, and to have that additional bucket of exit strategy that you can utilize. You know, I've worked with countless investors, wholesalers who do volume, who they would meet with homeowners who really needed to sell retail. That's really the best direction that for them to go. And they would just walk away from those leads, not even referring them to agents. Um, such an amazing income stream, right? Um, so it, to me, it, that alone is, the, is a reason to do it. Even if you don't want to use the license yourself to serve anyone or represent anyone, um, utilize it in just that aspect of, of pushing leads over to agents and receiving those referral commissions. So right. to me, it's well worth it. If you're not going to get one, someone on your team should, is, is my, my opinion. And the way that your business um, is set up now, you're obviously getting involved in, in coaching and in, in the marketing side. What are the big lessons that you're bringing to those two elements you've kind of brought from your past experience? Ooh, wow. Oh, that's a question I've actually never been asked in that 
format. Oh, I love that. Um, I would say for, let's start with marketing because uh, this kind of came up for me first. I think in the world of marketing, and I, I have a passion for it. I was a biochem major who ended up in the art department. I always tell people, so, I, you know, and analytic, analytic thinking and creativity are just things I love, right? So marketing is a natural outcrop for me. Uh, human performance, behavior training, all of that's the same bucket. Um, with marketing specifically, I think a, a powerful lesson for everyone, I know I try to take to heart, is the progress over perfection lesson. It's the lesson that in marketing, it's not creativity that is what empowers you. It's consistency and, and, and clear intention, clear decision and clarity of destination. What's your strategy, right? So if you know what your intention and your strategy is, what, what goal you want to to what, what you want to achieve through your marketing, and you're willing to be consistent with your message and clear, then you'll have great results in marketing. That's something that you learn in the real estate business, right? If I want to have a lot of deals closed, then I need to be consistent in my process of lead generation and consistent in nurturing the leads that come in and consistent in writing offers if I'm an investor or consistent in listing appointments if I'm an agent. I have to be consistent and I have to be very clear on my intention of how I'm going to provide service or how I'm going to transact, right? It's the same thing in marketing. If I could tattoo um, two words on people, it's always a joke in our office. I would tattoo consistency and intention on people's arms so they see it all the time to remind them that that's more important. So when you get stuck and you get creative block in marketing or you get stuck and you're in the comparison trap of what other people are doing, stop for a minute and just get tactical because you can have massive progress without having to be hyper-creative. And social media now is really sustaining this, that, that belief because you can just go out there and do a random TikTok with a selfie and, and generate you know, a, a lot of traction, right? So it's different now than it used to be. Right. Um, what, about the, what about the coaching side? Coaching side. Mm. Oh, boy. I would say um, what I've learned that I take into coaching, I'd say the, the most important thing, there's another question that I got told I might be asked by you, and it's actually making me think of this. So I may have a use it twice here, but I, uh, it's so important when you are going to go into any business, right? If you're going to pursue anything that you're passionate about, is that, is it in alignment with your values and beliefs? And is it what you're going, what you really want to do? Like you really must, must take the time to spend some energy in those questions. And I would say as a coach, this is what we run into the most is working with individuals who chose to go into a niche of, of real estate or in an entrepreneurial venture of some form, and they end up in a place where they start to resent their business, or they're just not happy. They're not getting the results they want. They're stuck, right? And this happens quite frequently. And oftentimes, it's simply because somewhere along the path, they veered from what's really authentically their, their desire, passion, and want. And somewhere they veered off from their values and beliefs. And when we can help them kind of come back into that alignment, they can come back to starting to enjoy what they do again. And I, and it might even mean eliminating what they're doing and going a different direction and helping them understand that that's not failure. That's just a change of direction can be so empowering for them to get results in another way. Right. So I'd say that's a big lesson I've learned from having done and tried and been a part of so many things over the years was getting better about quickly recognizing when something wasn't in alignment for me and allowing myself to say no to things, which is my yes to me, right? And so um, that's probably the biggest lesson as coaches, we have to sometimes step in, ask the tough questions and help people 
say no to things in order to say yes to themselves. And, and, and once they do, then we can jump into all the tactical stuff. Right. Um, but first, first that, so if you're not going to work with a coach, do that at least for yourselves. So, I think that's a really, that's a really good, I, I love that saying, saying no to something is saying yes to yourself. Absolutely. absolutely. I love that. I can remember my, uh, a business coach years ago asking me that question. One day we had a call and he said, why aren't you happy? And then he and then he really dug deep. I I, I was kind of you know, trying to fob it off and just say, oh, I'm just having a bad day. And he said, No, you're not happy. Yeah. And he he really drilled down. Yeah. And and I think I've probably you know the number of times since then I've felt oh, things don't feel right. Something in my gut, you know, I'm not happy. It boils back down to that alignment piece that you're you're talking about. Yes. So uh, great, I, great point. I love this. You can use this question with clients when when someone's I, I, instead of presupposing that they're not happy. Like for instance, I see it right. I can recognize the energy that's they're emitting right in their language and their body language. Well, however, I'm recognizing it right. Um, and I'll just simply simply continue getting them to talk to me until they say what problem they're having. And then it's you know, well, how is that a problem for you? And how is that a problem for you? And you just keep asking the same question until you're all the way deep inside of that unconscious mind and they just spit out, spit it out, right? Um, and it, once you have that, then you're like, okay, now we can make progress. <laughs> um, but I, I love that you you recognize you, you, that you did that gift for yourself of recognizing that it was an alignment issue. It's really, that's powerful. Great. One of the things, I, and again, I can remember very early on with that particular business coach, uh, the book came out the four the four hour work week, Tim oh. Ferriss, and he kind of held that up and said, "This is what we should all be going for." And and you know what what is it that a real estate investor or a real estate agent needs to be thinking about? And I had a, a guest on recently who's uh, there's a new book coming out. Uh, I think it's out out this week actually, which is the first week of October as we're recording this. But um, it's Thursday is the new Friday. Yeah, <laughs> it's by a guy called Joe Sanak. I think it's episode twenty nine, if I remember rightly. Um, and he he was talking about the four four day work week, and you know, maybe that's more practical for people. But either way, how can you strategize um, to using virtual assistants to help achieve either that four day week or that four hour work week? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's a funny thing, you know, like that's the dangled dream, right? Like that's what we, we all, we, we if we went to be an entrepreneur, I, I guarantee hundred percent of you listening, you became an entrepreneur for freedom. Like we have this idea in our heads. Well, if I, if I work for myself and I don't work for the man, then I'll have more freedom. But then what happens is what happened, happened, what happened was, <laughs> right. We get overwhelmed <laughs> with all of the stuff, the things that the little itchy things that have to get done and then we end up procrastinating and we freeze and then we end up in a negative state in a negative state. We can't be resourceful or innovative or creative or solutions oriented. And before we know it, we are in that place where we resent our business. And so it's, it's all that stuff because it's just the reality of life, right? There's a million moving parts. So it, the only way, right, to scale and the only way to, to have the freedom but still continue to grow your you know, gross commission income or grow the revenue for your investing business, whatever that is is you've got to use people to do things for you. So the first thing I would say to people is first, I want you to adopt the mindset of not what do I need to do and how, but who, who can do it for me? Because the reality is that 90% of what you and I both do is done by a computer or phone, right? right. 
So if 90% of what you and I do is done by computer and phone, that means that another highly intelligent, dedicated person could also do what we do anywhere in the world because they have access to a computer and a phone. So that's the next, that's the next shift that you have to get into belief on. And then from there, I'll walk clients through what they do every day. Like how many are listening to this where you've literally taken the time for like two weeks, every single day, write down all the things you do. And then go through and circle in green what's revenue producing, that's very important decision-making activity that you love doing, and everything else is red. And watch that, that you're bleeding to death, right? Like if you really look at the list, right? And all the stuff that you've probably circled in red could be outsourced to someone else or automated through technology. It's probably one or the other. And to be quite honest, much of it can likely be eliminated. You may not even need to be doing it at all. Okay, let's just be honest, right? And that's the elimination bucket is the hardest part. But once you go through that process, now you have a master map, if you will, of tasks that you can start now um, groping into personality types and skill types to go hire other people to do for you. And now instead of going on one listing appointment per week, you've got people managing all the moving parts for you to go on 10 listing appointments per week, right? And before you know it, where your $83,000 a year income is now $383,000 a year, and you're still not working any harder than you were. And, and it's that process though to get started. That's an interesting, I hadn't thought about that hiring to the skill set, uh, but from a personality perspective, is that something you do with, with yeah. clients and helping them? It is. It is a huge part. So I, I'm obviously uh, Reva Global is uh, a company that I'm very, very, you know, much a part of, and I utilize the VAs from our own company, right? Um, and I, I love, I love what we do. We're very unique in the industry um, as to how we help place clients with virtual assistants, and we really disrupted the industry. We are not a contract for hire company because we know that that doesn't work. We wanted to be a sort of um, a executive recruiter level match.com, if you will. Our clients coming to us who we elicit from them their needs are being placed with a virtual assistant. It's going to be the right fit for that. Because think about it. If I ask a fish to climb a tree, we'll both be frustrated, right? So if you want somebody to do cold calling for you or inside sales, they're going to be on the phone. They're going to be engaging with people. Well, that's somebody on a disc profile that's, you know, a high D, high I. They have to like being on the phone. That's not somebody that's an introvert who just wants to do spreadsheets or, or data entry. And so us knowing that has been business owners for years in the real estate industry, we decided, well, no, they're going to supply a process where we are just profiling, predictive index, eliciting all of the skills and strengths and weaknesses and putting the VAs through weeks of proficiency testing so that when the client asks us for certain tasks to be done, we know the likely fit for that, right? And so we can help them be matched with the right VAs to interview for that, which is really, again, really unique in the industry. And when should somebody start thinking about working with a VA? Oh, ooh, I got that question from someone yesterday, and I love this question, but I, nobody ever loves my answer. Um, so <laughs> they don't. Okay. So my, my answer is everyone should have a virtual assistant and everyone should start with one really early in your business. But the reality is that not everyone is of the mindset yet to do that. And the reality is also that they, um, uh, just may not financially re be resourced at a level that they can. But I always tell people the earlier that you can adopt the mentality, um, the earlier that you can adopt the uh, mentality of, sorry, um, of um, 
outsourcing to someone to be able to scale and do more and be more efficient with your time, right? The earlier you're going to have greater results, you're going to less likely hit that plateau that we've talked about a couple of times. So I always tell people invest early and having help. And they're like, well, I don't know what to have them do yet. I don't even know what I'm doing yet. Well, it's not that hard if you do the process I just talked through about going through all the things that you're doing, work with a coach if that's necessary. I always, I believe in that highly early in the process um, so that you can start scaling fairly soon, right? Um, otherwise, because here's the thing, <laughs> I see this with agents a lot, right? They want to have, you know, six figures plus an in income their first year as an agent. But then they go off and they're doing $10 and $15 an hour activities all day. They're making social media posts. They're, you know, they're writing blog content. They're, they're doing things they could outsource, but then get really frustrated when 12 months go by and their income, their bank account looks like someone who makes $10 an hour, right? I mean, the reality is that's where you spent your time. And so the earlier that you can really recognize that and realize the value of handing those things off, it's well worth it. In fact, I've encouraged even coaching clients, you know, get a a small business loan, get a credit card, do something to start the process of leverage early on. Hmm. Um, I think you've spoken to, you know, what you decide to delegate. Um, I find, so I, I kind of taking a step back, I've had VAs for a number of years, but you know, just for certain projects or for certain small elements of tasks, but never full-time, full-time. Uh, and I finally made that decision after 15 plus years running my own business about a year ago, hiring a full-time VA. And I thought, well, how am I going to fill their eight hours? And how am I going to control all this? And how am I going to oversee everything that they're doing? And that, that was a big learning lesson because what I found was I wasn't delegating, I was directing. Oh. And the difference between when you're directing is you're still checking everything. And you're yes. not, there obviously has to be an element of building trust and everything. But how, how does the real estate investor or the agent overcome that you know, yeah. mindset around you know, really honestly delegating and saying, great, go do it? I just want to stop a second and ask you about your web presence. You know that people are going to Google and check you out online if they want to do business with you. And so it's incredibly important that you have a reliable, secure hosting web service and a stable hosting plan that provides fast site speed. And if you're installing a website for the first time, a nice, easy-to-use, secure, one-click system to install WordPress. That's why I recommend and use Bluehost, which powers more than 2 million websites online and is the number one recommended hosting provider by WordPress. It's got 24-7 support, which is really good, free security certificates, and a free domain name registration. Uh, Bluehost web hosting is a powerhouse. If you'd like to get a special offer through this podcast, go to the show notes from this episode, click on the Bluehost uh, image or link, and they'll take you straight there to get a special offer. Now back to the show. And I think this is a great segue from the last question. So I do want to add one clarification to the last question. And that is that, you know, if you have no experience managing anyone, then I wouldn't say necessarily hire a VA right away, because this leads to this question you just answered. 
or just asked, right? Um, and the other thing about when you're, how early on do you get a VA? Well, are you committed to the business you've committed to? That's the other question. If I was their coach, I would say, no, don't hire a virtual assistant. If you're not 100% absolutely committed and willing to do whatever it takes to get the results you said you want, because that's, that's where people will go wrong. Like they're not really committed. And so they hire a VA and then they don't, the VA doesn't do well for them because they're not working with the VA well. And then the VA, it, it doesn't work out. And then we don't have, you know, retention with the VA. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But if you're really committed and you know how to work with people, then I say get one right away, very early in the process. You know, your first couple of quarters is probably good timing. The on um, the flip side of the question that you just asked, right? Um, we see oftentimes that people will do two things. One is that they just don't get out of their own way. Okay. Get out get out of your own way. And right. And, and it's okay, by the way, to have the belief that a virtual assistant could potentially just possibly do it better than you. Oh my goodness. Do you know how hard it is for people sometimes? No, just, Amy, oh, no. Oh, right? They're like, no, no, no. I, I can only, I'm the only one that can do that. Well, that's not true, right? And and here we have these people. I, I have uh, Ron and I have three VAs that support our team. And uh, Ron and Oz, I, I refer to them a lot because they're just, they're powerhouses all on their own. Like they make decisions. They're, they're highly educated, <laughs> amazing individuals. And I just, I had to, I, if I let go, they take over. Right. So um, and oftentimes they, again, do it better than me because it's things that I'm having them do that I would normally procrastinate on, not enjoy, maybe not enjoy because I'm not highly skilled at it. Right. We, we play to our strengths, not our weaknesses, people. So go hire the people to, to fill in for your weaknesses and then let go and let them do it and, uh, and, and treat them like employees where we do still grow them, affirm them. Right. Coach them, lead them. You're still their leader right? And you're there to measure results and measure performance, but you're not there to just hire contract work where you're right. You're just checking off the boxes, okay? And so there's Upwork and Fiverr and companies like that where you can hire someone to do contract work, but then you're right. You're still heavily involved with that. Guess what? I hire contract work from outside companies sometimes, but I have my personal full-time virtual assistant manage that for me. I let him direct it versus me, right? So because he is, I can empower him to do that and trust that he will. The other thing I see a lot is abdicating. So many people will go hire a virtual assistant and then they have this belief that just by hiring one, they've solved their problem. And so they hire the VA and then they walk away and they disappear. And they're like, well, the VA will figure it out. They can do it themselves. It's all handled. That's not true either. When you hire a virtual assistant, it's particularly like what we provide at Reva Global, you're bringing on a team member. So just like if you were to hire someone in your office, you want to prepare for the fact that you need to train and grow them as an individual help them understand the core values and mission of your company and help measure their performance and reward them and hold them to your standards, just like you would someone in your physical office. It's exactly the same. They're just not in your physical office, right? So don't just abdicate and walk away. Do work with them, but do empower them to do their job for you, not just direct traffic. There we go. Long, long answer. <laughs> oh, great. Great answer. I, I, I wish I could uh, um, acknowledge who, where I got it from, but. Um, a question I ask my VAs every week. So they, uh, we have a kind of a weekly end of week report. And one of the questions is what could we be doing better? Oh, that. and I never, and I never let them say nothing. Oh, that's I, al great. I always, I always go back and say, no, no, no. Yeah, think <laughs> of something. 
<laughs> and, and here's the thing. So I actually want to speak to that. Like um, at Riva Global, primarily our virtual assistants are in the Philippines, right? And so one of the things that we'll hear is feedback from people is that, you know, in the Filipino culture, they, they are much more, it's, it's, they want to please, they want to, right. And so, and, and that's wonderful. And so people's opinion is, well, that they, that they're not going to give you their opinion. The, the reality is they absolutely have powerful opinions, right? But you want to empower them to feel free to share that feedback and those opinions, empower them. So I, we always celebrate when the VAs suggest something that's more innovative or more efficient or something, celebrate that with them, reward that so that they'll continue to do more of that. And I absolutely love that question because by holding them to that, you're teaching them neurologically even that it's okay, it's welcomed and to continue doing it at a higher and higher level. So awesome, love that. Right. Yeah, my, my VA is a, a Philippine based. I'm I'm amazed at their their level of ability and oh, yeah. and everything. That that kind of leads to a, a a question or a concern. I know that people always raise about VAs. Well, hiring somebody in another country, they're going to have access to my accounts. They're going to have access to my database. How do you overcome that? Uh, kind of objection, I guess. Yeah. And and we get lots of the overseas type objections. Um, the, the reality is, again, just like hiring someone in my, in my office. I mean, seriously, if I bring someone into my physical office and I give them access to my assets, right? You know, like my email list is a powerful asset, something I've worked very hard mm-hmm. at for 20 years. If I give someone access to that, I'm putting myself at risk. It's no different than hiring someone overseas. You want to put in the same protections, non-compete, non-disclosures. You want to put in the same security protections. Most CRMs and things like that have different security levels. For example, we use something called Keep in our office. Um, only there's certain security levels. Some members of our team only can see so much, or they can't download from it, or so forth. So, just like you would in your office, you're going to put protections in place. It makes you know seriously. It's not. I always tell people like just treat them like as if they're sitting in your office. It's the same protections. Being overseas really doesn't make that difference, right? Um, it's just you being smart about protecting your brand and protecting your assets. <laughs> and and also time time zone differences. Do your uh, do your VAs make themselves available to you know, North American times or or do you try and train your clients to be more about managing far you know, more than just the next hour <laughs> or the next fire that they're fighting or whatever. Oh yeah, I love that question too. So um, we um, make or set the expectation with all VAs that pass through our screening process to even become a Reva employee that they will be likely working Eastern Standard hours. Now, it doesn't mean that it's always that. Some clients actually call us and they're looking for someone that works nights or weekends. For instance, Oz, who works for me, works on Saturdays because he handles a lot of acquisition lead generation for my investment company. And our, our phones ring on Saturdays, right? So I don't want to lose those. Um, so it really depends on what the client is wanting. We can supply that, but the, but the VAs understand expectation. They'll probably be somewhere around Pacific to Eastern Standard hours, business hours. So, you know, eight to five kind of scenario. Um, that's just the expectation. Now, here's the thing. Um, you said something that was kind of important there about like how to work with the VA. You know, we encourage that eight to five scenario, the same hours as the client, so that you as the client have the opportunities, like I was describing earlier, of engaging with, leading, and communicating with your VA, just like you would someone in your office. You know, as we sit here right now, Preston is a gentleman in my office who's extremely talented. He works here in my physical office. 
And so I'm, I'm looking at him right across the room right now. Now I engage with him all day long. Sometimes he wishes I didn't, I'm sure, but I, I engage with him all day long. And so, but I also engage with my VAs just like I do with Preston, but I'm doing it through a virtual um, you know, communication platform or I'm or video calling them or something. So uh, we want to make sure that our clients are able to do what they would do with an in-office employee. You mentioned, and it would be great to get into a little bit of the kind of marketing and branding that expertise that you have. Where do you balance between outsourcing things like social media and blog posts, but also still managing to maintain or keep your voice? That, that can always be an issue um, when you're trying to outsource. Uh, you know, well, that, that isn't what I'd say on a social media post, for example. Yeah. So it is. Okay. I'm going to just call the elephant in the room. This is a very difficult thing to do. I'm just going to be honest. In fact, I was just having a conversation with a mastermind colleague of mine the other day about Gary Vee. Um, a lot of people follow Gary Vaynerchuk and he, Gary Vaynerchuk talks very openly about how long it took to create the team that he has around him now. Like we're talking like 11 years. Like he, he, this is, this is a process where he now can really feel this, the security to walk away. Now, I'm not saying that it's that difficult for anybody that wants to hire even a virtual assistant or even global to help them. We and our marketing team have many VAs at Riva who help support us. Um, here's the thing I tell everybody, get crystal clear in a brand guide. You want to start there. Make sure that they it's really crystal clear about what who your avatar is, what types of language the avatar responds to, right? Um, people who are in W, if you're selling some products to W2 people, that's very different language than you're selling products to entrepreneurs. Like, are you crystal clear for your particular consumer as to what language they resonate with? What is your brand's language, right? What is the look of your brand? What is the mission of your company? And really put together something very cohesive so that that helps be the guide. And then from there, you want to have creative team meetings constantly with your creative department. You know, I would suggest no less than once a week, if not more than that per week, to, to give immediate feedback to the stuff that they're generating and creating, right? Um, another third suggestion to that, and we just did this with a client um, here, he did it, it was kind of fun. Um, if you're going to have a VA avatar for you, now I'm going to blow people's minds here for a minute, but I'm, I have people who say, oh, you're on social media all the time. I'm really not. It's not me. <laughs> Okay. Well, virtual assistant. So I'm always like, well, be careful what you send me an instant messenger because it's not really me. Um, so, but the thing is that the, the, you can have the VA spend enough time with you communicating with you that they can learn your communication style. Right. Um, so like we just had a client, we placed one, a, a VA with him who's going to answer all his emails, all his, his private messages and engage in all social media for him. And he wants nobody to think that it's not him. Right. So the VA basically, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, followed him around like virtually. So like he even went on meetings and put the virtual assistant on FaceTime to observe the whole meeting. So the virtual assistant spent a couple of weeks just observing him. <laughs> right. And now they like have his lingo, they have his jargon, they have his attitude. Um, and so now they can creatively respond for him in, in the stuff he sends, but he will still need to be giving feedback and measuring. So it, it is possible to do that, but you're going to have to do some work um, if you're listening to this to prepare to how you're going to explain and deliver and regurgitate what, who and what you are to the VA so that they can actually do it effectively. So it's, it's almost like a mini two-week version of Gary Vaynerchuk's 11 years. <laughs> because that's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's literally what they just did, right? Like, um, right. so, um, and, but I love when Gary Vee talks about that because he says, you know, that's an area you want to always be putting attention to, especially nowadays when we have such, we're, we're so fortunate, to be honest. There's so many negatives that come with social media specifically, but we also, there's so many blessings that come with that platform and you can impact and get, get content and value to just millions of people so easily. Um, so it is something to put concerted, you know, weekly, if not daily, um, energy to as a, as a vital part of your business. And you were you were sharing earlier when we were talking before we started uh, the interview, uh, our conversation was uh, about the the fact that you sit down as as a team and review people that you follow on the break. Can you share a little bit about that? And yeah, we what have you get from that. Yeah, so we have a whole master Google sheet thing that we keep as a team. Um, where we're we're just watching other people's brands. And um, we love when we come across new ones that we didn't think about before. And, and we're paying attention to how they're delivering their message. You know, what are they providing? Are they clear about their message? Are we clear about who and what they are? Like we ask these questions, looking at other people's brands that are, that we believe are being fairly effective. You know, they have large followings and engagements and, and, and their engagement's high, seems to be highly organic. Um, we want to pay attention to that. We can learn from that. And it's not just other real estate related brands, it can be any brands, right? If they're doing a good job, well, why? How's it working for them? Who is their consumer and how are they getting in front of that consumer? What are they delivering that consumer and for what purpose, for what strategy, right? So we do these creative sessions as a team continuously so that we can push our own creative envelopes as to how to work with the consumers we're trying to get in front of, right? Um, so I think it's key. It's key to study other people's brands. It's not about comparing yourself and it's not about copying. It's about being inspired by at a higher chunked up level. What are they doing to deliver and what is their strategy? And that will help you decide what's going to work for your consumer. Um, and then it's a, then from there, it's test and measure, test and measure, test and measure. And I'm assuming also the reverse of that is pointing out or finding bad examples yes <laughs> and why <laughs> why it's was, a bad example yeah i was telling you i play devil's advocate you know sometimes and i'll pull up something like hey guys i think this is really cool what do you think <laughs> just to see what they will say right um because sometimes there's some really crappy stuff out there too and and so again we can learn just as much from that as we can the, the people that are being effective and, and asking the same questions. Well, why isn't it effective? What is it about it that's 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 rubbing you the wrong way? And why? And how is it that they're failing to to accomplish strategy? And and what do you believe that is? And again, letting that affect us so we can test and measure. Right. Talking of brands, uh, who do you have as a, a favorite personal brand or consumer brand? Yeah. You like and, and why? Well, yeah, I I got this pre question. I have so many. Um, I, I like when you, when I, when it first popped in my head, like for instance, I love the, um, Tom Abillo and Lisa Blow, his wife, the Goldcast brand. Um, they, they, they built Quest Nutrition and it's a billion dollar company, but they, their passion project is this whole, you know, inspirational, motivational value content brand that they both have built out. And they do a very effective job of delivering that content, right? Um, so, you know, that's something. We've been following uh, recently Pace Morby uh, quite loud in the real estate world. Um, he has built up quite a viral following. Um, he's doing a really unique approach. Um, Steve Trang, same thing, is really getting massive tra tra traction with Real Estate Disruptor. And so we're watching some of these guys, you know, how are they getting this traction? How are they delivering it? What are they doing? So I, I could go across the board from, you know, uh, consumer products and so forth. I mean, uh, the Kardashians, I don't love the Kardashians, 
but it's still worth watching what they're doing and why and how is that being affected there's lessons to be learned there absolutely so i encourage people go out there and just have fun with that um my our list is really cool really long, so right i can t- i can just tell from your passion your love of brands so it's great oh yes um recommended uh business book or podcast that you enjoy listening to? Ooh, um, for my real estate people, can I give a couple of my real estate people, mm-hmm. um, real estate disruptor? Um, if you're in, a, in, in any of the investing end of things, what I love about Steve Trang's podcast is that it's entrepreneurs. He has really deep entrepreneurial questions. It's not just real estate investing content. Um, so I really do like his um, approach for real estate investing specifically. Um, I would say um, I'm from some books, though, I'm just going to give everybody kind of a must read. Since we've talked a lot about virtual assistants and outsourcing and all that, you know, I love Tim Ferriss's book. And by the way, if anybody's ever looked at the four hour body book, it's a, I'd laugh because it's gigantic. And I'm like, I can't read them in four hours, but I'm going to have a four hour body. Um, all right. So, uh, but I would tell everybody to go read the E Myth. So Michael Gerber's E-Myth, it is the most simple read. You can read it in a weekend. Um, it is such an, I, I just, it's a powerful book. And one of the books that I reread every single year and every year that I read it, I receive it differently. Um, it is not a cerebral read. It is very narrative driven. Um, so for those of you that don't like reading, you'll like the E-Myth and it will resonate with all of you that are listening to me because you're going to feel yourself inside the narrative of where you are in your current business. And it will help you get past any mind blocks or hurdles you're experiencing right now as to outsourcing and scaling through other people, um, whether it's in office joining your real estate team or a virtual assistant. I mean, it doesn't really matter. So I would definitely tell you to run out and read the E-Myth. Um, I love John Maxwell's Laws of Leadership, anything John Maxwell. And just because I have to say it because it's sitting at my desk, I've just read this book, Winning by Tim Grover. This is a game changer. So if anybody wants to read this, this one kicked my butt. <laughs> so <laughs> I would totally tell everybody, go grab that one. It's been a joy read for me this month. But but the E-Myth, for all of you, you're all entrepreneurs allow that book to speak into your world. It is a mandatory read for our team here. Working in your business and work on your business, isn't it? Yes. yes. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, do you have a favorite resource that you're enjoying using or tool that uh, you're currently enjoying using? Oh, that's a cool question. Um, we're really having fun with exploring text message marketing. <laughs> Um, and all the different things around that. Now we're watching some of the legal stuff around that and what's you know coming down the pike for restrictions on how to text with people. But I will tell everybody, text is such a powerful tool. Um, so for our outbound real estate, we're using launch control. Um, then we use something called community.com for communicating with our, um, I think that's what it is. Maybe I'm saying the wrong one. Uh, magic text, sorry, magic text. Um, that we use to text with our community. So as we generate leads now, we don't just follow up with them with email. We're now being able to, we're now able, as long as, as, long as they've opted in, we're now able to send them follow-up emails where I can immediately send them a resource or a reminder or whatever. Um, and it's just, it's really up to the engagement to things like webinars we've hosted or, you know, virtual events um, and so forth. So I would encourage people to go explore what texting tools are available to you right now uh, and, and implement those in, in your marketing. Sure. Do you have a favorite quote? <laughs> favorite quote. Okay, because it's not. I have a lot of favorite quotes, but this one is. Um, I've repeated this one several times this week because. So the, the quantum realm is wanting me to say this, but um, Yogi Berra's quote that you know, if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up someplace else. Okay, 
And this comes back to one of the first questions you asked me. Um, it, it is so, so vitally important that we're constantly readdressing our destination. Are we crystal clear on where we're going? Because if I don't have the pin on the map, I can just wander all over the place. I'm going to expend a lot of energy and resources and end up somewhere way away from where I want to go. And if it's, and if I've think that it's what I want, but it's not in alignment with, with who I am, then, you know, when you're off one degree down here, you're off 10,000 miles once you go 10 years down the road. And do you really want to be that far from what's in alignment with you? So get crystal clear on that destination. And if I were to map that across to virtual assistants, same thing. If you're going to hire a virtual assistant, get crystal clear on what results you want from the virtual assistant, that investment of the virtual assistant, what ROI on that investment, and what and how do you want them to do that job? And what do you want them to have them to do and for what purpose? Get crystal clear on that. And then you'll have amazing results with your virtual assistant. So same thing. Applies to everything. I think you've I think you've just answered my final question, which was, what would you recommend people walk away with? Uh, and, and But actually, if the, a real estate investor or a real estate agent has listened to this, what's the first thing you, you would tell them to go do as soon as they stop listening to this and take action? What would be your call to action? For oh, call to action. You know, so we talked earlier about just like for everyone looking at all the things that you're doing all day, giving yourself the blessing of figuring out what all you're doing and what you don't need to be doing. And so I would say that if, if I could say, take an actionable item today, spend the next week at the least, if not two, and take the, take the 10 minutes at night to write down all the things you did that day, like really write them down so that you can do the, what I call my four buckets of efficiency, figure out what you're going to eliminate because you don't need to do it anymore, what you can automate with technology, what you can outsource to virtual assistants, and what should be left is what you can delegate to someone in your physical office because it's the only type of person that could do it. Or and or what's left for you. And you will feel so relieved when you start to realize how much you don't need to be doing and could be done by someone else. It's a game changer. So for all of you guys, I just made you six figures more this year, just simply by <laughs> that one thing, right? So um, so do that and then reach out to us at Reva Global. You know, when you're when you've done that, you're gonna guess what you're gonna have. You're gonna have a whole list of stuff that you need to have virtual assistants do. We're here to help you. Our intake team will walk through that list with you and help kind of bucket from a skill and personality perspective and help walk you through exactly the right path to get a virtual assistant started. Wonderful. And how can people get hold of you? What's the best way? Uh, yeah. So I would love uh, two things. Uh, if you want to reach me personally, um, they're trying to help me strategize my personal Instagram. So you can just find me at Amy Ransdell underscore B powerhouse and it's uh, underscore B powerhouse. Um, but I would love for you also just to send me an email to Reva Global. It's Amy, A-M-Y at RevaGlobal.com. Um, it's R-E-V-A Global.com. Um, send an email there. Now, again, I have virtual assistants supporting me. Um, we'll get your email and then they're going to route it to the right person to support you. Um, and we will definitely do that. It's very easy to schedule a strategy session with our company, all those things. You're welcome to even go to our website and just and just put in a little you know request for a 15-minute call and we can get you started. So all the ways, RevaGlobal.com, Amy at RevaGlobal, or just kick me a message on it on my personal Instagram, and I'd love to follow up with you. Wonderful. Well, Amy, thank you for today. I think you're going to give people a lot to think about, but hopefully also take action and and change their, their business and, and change what their next year is going to look like. Yes, so, I would uh, love that. That would be great. <laughs> thank you very much, and, and have yourself a brandtastic day. Oh, thank you so much. It was an honor. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what did you think? Was that brandtastic? 
Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business and real estate personal brand? So what's stopping you? Get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate personal brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free real estate personal brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have yourself a brandtastic day.